6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck continues his teaching on the book of 1 Chronicles, chapters 26 through 29. Meshelamiah, the son of Korah, the sons of Asaph. Asaph's one of the singers, obviously. The sons of Meshelamiah were Zechariah, the firstborn, Jadiel, the second, Zebediah, the third, and Jathaniel, the fourth, and Elam, the fifth, and Jehoanan, the sixth, and Eli, and I, the seventh. Here we go again. Realize you're, this has all the excitement of reading through the phone book, okay? <laughs> Because there's two kinds of people here, those that we won't hear of again and don't, don't have a lot of interest in, and occasionally here and there there's somebody we can make a comment on, but in the meantime, we'll just wade through it. Moreover, the sons of Obed-Edom, and by the way, there's several of those. You'll see that name come up a couple of times. It's not necessarily the same guy. Um, were Shemaiah the firstborn, Jehozabad the second, Joab the third, and Sakar the fourth, and Nethaniel the fifth, and Amiel the sixth, and Issachar the seventh. Issachar is an interesting one, you may recall. Um, because in chapter 12, we used, since they were apparently characterized by understanding the times, and they knew what Israel had to do, we've adopted that label for our prophecy track. We have three basic legs on our stool, so to speak. The prophecy one we call the Issachar uh, track, and we draw from that verse. Anyway, uh, in the Pelethi the eighth, and God blessed him, and unto Shemaiah his son were sons born that ruled throughout the house of their father, for they were mighty men of valor. The sons of Shemaiah, Othni, and Raphael, and Obed, and Elzebub, and the, they were, whose brethren were strong men, Elihu, Shemachiah, all of these were sons of Obed-Edom, and they their sons of brethren, able men for strength of the service, were threescore and two of Obed-Edom, and Meshulamiah had sons and brethren, strong men, 18. Now I'll give you a clue, none of this will be on the final exam, all right. And Hosea, the, uh, the children of Mariah, Marari, excuse me, had sons, uh, Simri the chief, for though he was not the firstborn, yet his father made him the chief. Um, Elkiah the second, Tebaliah the third, Zechariah the fourth, and all the sons and brethren of Hosea were thirteen. Among these were the divisions of the porters, even among the chief men having wards, one against the other to minister in the house of the Lord, and they cast lots as well, the small as the great, according to the house of their fathers, for every gate." So they had guards. Basically what this all boils down to when you get into the detail is that they had tw guards 24 hours a day on all the gates to the city for obvious reasons. This is, uh, uh, I shouldn't say the city, excuse me, to the temple because there were treasures to be guarded. And the lot eastward fell to Shelemiah, then uh, for Zechariah's son, a wise counselor, they cast lots and his lot came out northward and Obed-Edom southward to his sons, the house of Asupan. And Shupim and Hosea, the lot came forth westward, and the gate Shalaketh by the causeway of the going up ward against ward. And uh, eastward were six Levites, northward for a day, southward for a day, and toward Asupim uh, two and two. And Barbar westward four at the causeway, and two at the Barbar. And at the, these are the divisions of the porters among the sons of Korah and among the sons of Merari. So that's the record. And, and for, of the Levites, 
Ahijah was over the treasures of the house of God and over the treasures of the dedicated things. As concerning the sons of Laodan, the sons of Gershonite, Laodan, chief fathers even of Laodan, the Gershonite were Jehelai, and Je sons of Jehelai, Jetham, and Joel, his brother, which were over the treasures of the house of the Lord. And the uh, Amorites, and the Izarites, and the Hebronites, and the Uzel, Uzielites, Shebuel, the son of Gershom, the son of Moses, was the ruler of the treasures. And his brethren by Eliezer, Rehabiah his son, Jeshiah his son, Joram his son, and Zikri his son, and Shalomith his son. Obviously, not requiring any of you to remember any of this, I can't even pronounce them properly, but it is, there is one lesson that we can draw from all of this, is that God knows his own and they're recorded and they won't be forgotten. And there is a book, there is a book where your name, if your name is, if you're in the book of life. Now I have a very bizarre theory have no evidence for it. Um, all the fuss about uh, Bible, so-called Bible codes are linear transforms in equidistant letter sequence, which is the most primitive form of mathematics, an equidistant letter sequence. No one, has to my knowledge, has explored polynomials. where you know, it's, non it's a nonlinear sequence. And you open that door, you can really get into all kinds of silly mysticism. And yet, it wouldn't surprise me that we will eventually discover that if your name is in the book of life, it is in this book that's in your lap. I wouldn't go looking for it. That'll be revealed at the right time. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if, uh, if that would be God's... If I understand him at all, I think that would be just one of the kind of surprises he might pull off. Amos uh, 3.7 says, The Lord will do nothing but that which he reveals to his servant the prophets. The fact that he reveals it doesn't mean we understand it. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Which Shelomith and his brethren were over all the treasures of the dedicated things which David the king and the chief fathers, the captains over the thousands and the hundreds, the captains over the host, had, de had dedicated. Out of the spoils, won in battles, did they dedicate to maintain the house of the Lord. It's interesting that David, as the chieftain, when they took spoils in a battle, they were really his to distribute. And it's out of his portion that he takes care of so many things. He paid all the bills for Solomon's temple in advance. Where do you get the money? Not from a salary. It's from his share of the booty of, of these conquests and so forth. So, uh, see, they didn't have a, a government in the traditional sense as we think of it today. All that Samuel the seer and Saul, of, uh, and Saul the son of Kish and Abner the son of Ner and Joab the son of Zariah had dedicated and, and whosoever had dedicated anything, it was under the hand of Shelemith and of his brethren. You know, Saul had his military leader Abner and Joab, of course, the military leader for David. So you've really got their, their uh, uh, secretary of war in each case there, so to speak. Anyway, moving on. Of the Israelites and Chenaiah and his sons were the outward business over Israel for officers and judges. And the Hebronites, Hashbiah, and his brethren, men of valor, 1,700, were officers among them of Israel on this side of the Jordan, westward, in all the business of the Lord and in the service of the king. Among the Hebronites was... Jerijah, the chief, even among the Hebronites, according to the generation of his fathers in the 40th year of reign of David, were they sought for, and they were found among them, mighty men of valor, at Ezer of Gilead. And his brethren, men of valor, were 2,700 chief fathers, whom King David made rulers over the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh. Those were the two and a half tribes that were east of the Jordan, you may recall, for every matter for turning to God and affairs of the king. Whew. Okay.
There's a little more of this in the next chapter. We can now get to the civil government. Now the children of Israel, after their number, to wit, the chief fathers and captains and thousands and hundreds, their officers that served the king in any matter of the courses, which came in and went out month by month throughout all the months of the year, for every course were 24,000. Over the first course of the first month was Jashabim, the son of Zabdiel, and in his course were 20 and 4,000. Of the children of Perez was the chief of all the captains of the host for his month, for the first month, excuse me. And over the course of the second month was Dodai the Ahohite, and of his course was Mikloth, also the ruler, and his course likewise were twenty and four thousand. Third captain of the host for the third month was Benaiah, the son of Jehida, the chief priest, and his course were twenty and four thousand. This is that Benaiah who was mighty among the thirty and above the thirty, and in his course was Amazabad, his son. You remember that we went through the couple of groups of thirty in the very early counting of of David's mighty men. Look at them as their standing army, if you will. The fourth captain of the fourth month was Ahishel, Asahel, the brother of Joab, and Zebediah, his son after him, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The fifth captain of the fifth month was Shamhuth, the Israelite, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. And the sixth captain for the sixth month was Ira, the son of Ikesh, the Tekoite, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The seventh captain of the seventh month was Helez, the Pelonite, the children of Ephraim, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The eighth captain of the eighth month was Zebekiah, the Hushahite, and Zerahites, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The ninth captain of the ninth month was Abaezer, the Anetothite of the Benjamites, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. And the tenth captain for the tenth month was Maharai, the Netophathite of the Zarhites, and in his course were twenty and four thousand. The eleventh captain for the eleventh month was Benaiah, the Pirathonite of the children of Ephraim, and in his course were twenty-four thousand. The twelfth captain for the twelfth month was Heldai, the uh, Neptophilite of Othniel, and in his course were twenty-four thousand. And at this point we're glad it wasn't a leap year where there was thirteen months, okay? All right. Verse 16, For, furthermore over the tribes of Israel the ruler of the Reubenites was Eliezer, the son of Zikri, and of the Simeonites, uh, Shephatiah, the son of Mechah, of the Levites, Hashabiah, the son of Kemuel, of the Aaronites, Zadok, of Judah, Elihu, one of the brethren of David, of Issachar, Omri, the son of Michael, of Zebulun, Ishmaiah, the son of Obadiah, of Naphtali, Jeremoth, the son of Azrael, of the children of Ephraim, Hosea, the son of Isaiah, and half tribe of Manasseh, Joel, the son of Padiah, of the uh, half tribe of Manasseh, and Gilead, on the other side, Edo, the son of Zechariah, of Benjamin, Jehaziel, the son of Abner, of Dan, Azareel, the son of Joram. These were the princes of the tribes of Israel. There was a guy by the name of Ahezer that was the head of the tribe of Dan much earlier that changed the emblem of the tribe of Dan from a serpent to an eagle holding a serpent, which then later becomes the eagle as the symbol of the tribe of Dan. And the tribe of Dan has a whole provocative history of spinning out from Israel uh, becoming partners with the Phoenicians and populating a good part of Europe. It has nothing to do with the Assyrian falling. We'll get to all of that later in Second Chronicles. But David took not the number of them from 20 years old and under, because the Lord had said he would increase Israel like to the stars of heavens. Boy, does verse 23 contrast to his big problem, the big sin of David, to the chronicler was not Bathsheba. That was a personal thing and unfortunate, but that was they don't even talk about it. But they really make a thing of the fact that he numbered when he shouldn't have, because it was personal pride motivating him rather than trusting God. Here we have 
uh, a verse which implies that David learned his lesson. David took not the number of them from 20 years old and under, because the Lord had said he would increase Israel like the star, uh, to the stars of heaven. Joab, the military guy, son of Zariah, began to number, but he finished not because there fell wrath for, uh, for it against Israel, neither was the number put in the account of the chronicles of the king. You may recall the Levites and the Benjamites were not counted. Anyway, over the king's treasures was Azamaveth, the son of Adil, and over the storehouses and fields in the cities and the villages and the castles was Jehonathan, the son of Uzziah. And over them that did the work of the field for tillage of the ground was Ezri, the son of Caleb. And over the vineyards was Shemei, the Ramathite, and over the increase of the vineyards for the wine cellars was Zabdi, the, ship, the Shifmite. And over the olive trees and the sycamore trees were, that were in the low plains was Behel Hanan, the Gedarite, and over the cellars of oil was Joash. And over the herds that fed in Sharon was Shittari, the Sharonite, and over the herds that were in the valleys was Shaphat, the son of Adlai. Over the camels also was Abil, the Ishmaelite, and over the asses was Jediah, the Meronathite. And over the flocks was Jaziz, the Hagarite. All these were the rulers of the substance, which was King David's. Whew. I apologize to you that are weary with this, but I'm committed to go verse by verse, okay? Even though I can't help you with getting some profound spiritual lesson from any one of these. Let's move on. Also, Jonathan's David's uncle was a counselor, a wise man, and a scribe. And Jehiel, the son of Achmoni, was with the king's son. And Ahithophel was the king's counselor. You might mark that in your margin. Ahithophel is the old man that was the king's counselor. But when Absalom rebels against David, Ahithophel sides with Absalom. Why would this old man that was the, uh, David's counselor turn on him to join those that would uh, undertake treason? This takes a little digging, but you'll discover that Ahithophel was the father Excuse me, his son was the father of Bathsheba. In other words, Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. And he apparently never forgave David for having uh, the whole Bathsheba thing. And Hushai the archite was the king's companion, and after Ahithophel was Jehoiada, the son of Beniah, and Abiathar, and the general of the king's army, was Joab. Okay, that's the dreary public record of David's final, you know, his, his organizing the nation. Chapter 28 and 29 are his final message. 28 is his final message of instruction, and, his, and 29 will be his final exhortation to all of us. First Chronicles 28.1, And David assembled the princes of Israel, the princes of the tribes, the captains of the companies that ministered to the king by course, and the captains over the thousands, the captains over the hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and possession of the king, and of his sons, with the officers, and with the mighty men, and with all the valiant men, unto Jerusalem. It was a general assembly. He got them all. All that we just read about in the last few chapters. Then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. As for me, I had in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and for the footstool of our God and had made ready for the building. But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war, and hast shed blood. Indeed David did. He was, after all, 
an outstanding warrior. David continues, Howbeit the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he hath chosen Judah to be the ruler, and of the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he liked me to make me king over all Israel. David was very conscious, and he's here documenting the fact that he was very aware of the fact that he was selected. Not because he had any merit, this is just God's will, but it was determined long before. Uh, actually, even before there were 12 tribes and so forth. Judah's picked from the beginning, and on it goes. And of all my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons, he hath chosen Solomon, my son, to sit upon the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. And he said unto me, Solomon thy son, shall, he shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. We'll discover in the next chapter what really was going on is that uh, Adonijah, who was, uh, felt that he was next, he was, he was older than Solomon, Solomon was a young guy. He felt he was due to be the king, and he was starting to plot and de declare himself as king. And the prophet Nathan, along with Bathsheba, talked David into acting now to head this off. And so that's why David takes Solomon and, and sets him up as king before David dies, just to head off Adonijah and all of that. We'll talk a little bit more, more about that when we get into Solomon in the next session. But anyway, uh, David here is announcing in this general assembly of the, the nation is uh, assembled there, that uh, God said him, Solomon, thy son, he shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, this is David quoting God to the people, Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever, if he be constant to do my commandments and my judgments as at this day. Now therefore in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of the Lord, and in the audience of our God, keep and seek for all the commandments of the Lord your God, that ye may possess this good land, and leave it for an inheritance for your children after you forever. Did they do that? Did they keep the commandments? See, that's, the, that's one of the root problems in the Middle East today. He continues, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Wow. Forever is a long time. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch, and of the houses thereof, and of the treasuries thereof, and of the upper chambers thereof, and of the inner parlors thereof, and of the place of the mercy seat. We'll go on here in a minute, but I want you to keep this here some very important points that most people miss. The temple was not Solomon's. We call it Solomon's temple. Yes, he built it, you could look at him as the general contractor. But the guy that paid the bills in advance and had the plans directly from God was David. If we had our way of labeling things, we'd probably call it David's temple. That'll confuse people because David died before it was built, right. But there's something else I want you to notice here that many people miss. The upper chambers thereof, fair enough, and of the inner parlors. We'll get into that next session. And of the place of the mercy seat. What is the room called where the mercy seat resides? 
the Holy of Holies. We tend to use the term Ark of the Covenant connotatively. The Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat which sits on top of it, we tend to look at it as a lid. But if you study the Bible carefully, you'll discover they are never mentioned together. That they're, mentioned, they're distinct. There's the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. Often we'll speak of the Ark connotatively implying, of course, that the mercy seat's on top of it. Okay. But it's interesting to notice how often the def definition of the Holy of Holies is the location of the mercy seat. So obviously the Ark of the Covenant is there. You follow me? It's a distinction that will become very significant to us when we, before we finish Second Chronicles because we're going to highlight some things that have escaped notice by most Bible scholars to this day in the Scripture itself. This is what I'll call David's temple. We call it Solomon's temple. This is a rough sketch of the basic concept. And we'll develop this a little more structurally when we get in the next session. But it's obvious, it looks just like the tabernacle did architecturally, except there's a couple of things added. There's a porch with two pillars in front of it, and there are uh, side chambers, and those are significant. Side chambers are three stories high, incidentally. So that's a quick picture of the, uh, the uh, Solomon's Temple. We'll talk more about it in the, next, in the next section. And the pattern of all that he had by the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit gave David this design. That he had by the Spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord and all the chambers round about and of the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the treasuries of dedicated things. Also for the courses of the priests. Ah, those were designated by the Holy Spirit. And of course, of the priests and the Levites, and for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and for all the vessels of service in the house of the Lord. We have of gold by weight for things of gold, for all the instruments of all manner of service, silver also for all instruments of silver by weight, for all the instruments of every kind of service. Even the weight of the candlesticks, your King James says. And in general, I don't mess with the King James, except this is one that I'm just trying to disconnect from because the term in the Hebrew is menorah. What is the menorah? It's not a candlestick. It's, a, it's the national emblem of the state of Israel. It's fed by olive oil and a little olive oil lamps, if you will. If you've seen the ones that the, you know, the, the Temple Institute has actually built the menorah for the next temple. And you can actually, in gold, and you can actually see it in, in Israel. And uh, anyway, so that's one place I put it in little brackets. Uh, your Bible may say candlesticks. That just bothers me. So I give them the weight for the lampstands of gold. And for the lamps of gold, and by weight, every lampstand, and for the lamps thereof. It's a branched, and on each branch is a, one of these little oil lamps on each one. Not a candlestick. That's a carryover from the King James provincial, provincialism. And for the lampstands of silver by weight, both for the lampstands and also for the lamps thereof, according to the use of every lampstand. And by the weight he gave gold for the tables of showbread and for every table, and likewise the silver for the tables of silver. And pure gold for the flesh hooks and the bowls and the cups and for the golden basins. He gave gold by weight for every ba basin, and likewise silver by weight for every basin of silver. And the altar of incense we find gold by weight and gold for the pattern of the chariot, of the cherubims that spread out their wings and covered the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Whew. Very interesting how those wings cover the Ark of the Covenant. The artists always have these wings up and high. It never occurs to them to have them down, so it becomes a mercy seat. But that's a whole other thing we'll get into later. All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me, even all the works of this pattern. What does that mean? I don't know. 
I suspect what it means is he was in a trance like a dream, and the Lord actually guided his hand as he sketched out and wrote all this. All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me, even all the works of this pattern. One of the things we've discovered by computers is the Torah, the books of Moses, were given to Moses letter by letter. If you change one letter, the mathematical properties fall apart of the Torah. Fascinating. So this is an analogous kind of thing here, apparently. David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. It's interesting, though, we'll discover when Solomon takes over, he waits four years before he starts. Then he knocks it off in seven and, does, and builds a temple. Then he spends 13 years building his palace. I think that's kind of indicative of something. And behold, the courses of the priests and the Levites, even they shall be with thee for all the service of the house of God. And there shall be with thee for all manner of workmanship, every willing, skillful man, for any manner of service, and also, and also the princes of all the people will be holy at thy commandment. Wow. That sounds pretty good, Solomon. Chapter 29. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, he spoke to the leaders so far. That was all addressed to the leaders. Now he speaks to the congregation at large. Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for the things to be made of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and the brass for the things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and the wood for the things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of divers' colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance, even 3,000 talents of gold. You're talking billions of dollars equivalent here, by the way, but I'll spare you the arithmetic. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of 1 Chronicles. For a complete listing of resources available, please visit khouse.org. You can also call us on 1-800-K-HOUSE-1. To learn more about Koinonia Institute, visit koinoniainstitute.org. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, may God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.